to Wallowing in the Shallows, a podcast that skirts the perilous drop-off of a deep dive into television and movies. We are academic nerds aspiring to become TV and movie geeks. There are no spoiler guards in the shallows, so listen at your own risk. This week, join us for a bonus wallow in the Marvel Spotlight series, Echo. Hello, peeps. Welcome to Wallowing in the Shallows. This is Tori. And this is Rebecca. And today we are talking about Echo, Season 1, Episode 5, Maya, the final episode of Season 1, perhaps the final episode of the final season. Who can say? I hope not. But that is what we're talking about today. Yeah, I imagine we'll see her again. Maybe I not in so. her. Yeah, maybe not in her own property, but... I mean, she was introduced in the Daredevil comics, so, you know, maybe she'll show back up in Daredevil. And actually, I did not know this until I was doing some research on some other stuff and ran across this article. That scene where Daredevil comes in. Yes. And they fight. Yes. In episode one. That is the scene from the comic. Oh. And I was like, wow, that's cool. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Marvel can't complain about the cost of this series. I was listening to my Marvel cast, that podcastica Uh podcast, and I guess that like compared to She-Hulk, this was like nothing price-wise, even with how many people were involved and making sure to have appropriate people involved i think Mm -hmm. when you don't have as big of the effects situation i mean not that this didn't have effects but it didn't have a woman turn into a gigantress right (laughs) (laughs) that is true yes yes so i think it was i think it is making marvel money let's put it that way oh well that's good I'm Mm -hmm. happy to hear that. (laughs) Yes. I know, again, in my research, after I watched episode five, I went and watched like some new rock stars. I watched Ah Boys on Previewed. Yes. And Real Rejects and read a bunch of articles. And there's been some real mixed reaction. But some of it, I was like, did you people watch the same show I watched? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And And I think what happened is, you know, a lot of those articles got published the critics and some of the shows, I think like new rock stars and uh, heroes reforged and some of the big name reactors on YouTube got the first three episodes early. And a lot of, so a lot of the commentary was based on the first three episodes and they hadn't even seen the last two yet. Huh? And so some of the comments they were saying, I was like, I don't know. I'm not sure you people watch the same show I watched, Mm-hmm. but hmm. interesting yeah yeah most of it was about the pacing which was a little slower but that also seemed really authentic to me because i've heard from people who have lived on reservations that the pace is much different right it's just kind of like Mm. slow and you know they just kind of it's you know it's just a little more chill that way so I don't know. Did did the pacing bother you? No, it did not. I feel like this went by really fast. I don't remember feeling bored at all, which I have before in Marvel shows. And I do, I must admit, there was a lot of Maya on that motorcycle. (laughs) Could have used a little less of that. I could have used a little less of that, but it wasn't so much that I was like, oh my gosh, this is taking forever. I was just like, oh, really? Another another drive on the motorcycle? I mean, they were no longer <laughs> than 30 seconds, if that, but right. it was just like, where's she going now? I mean, how much am I getting? <laughs> so that's the only thing that I can kind of come up with that I was sort of humored at. Do we need quite so much of this particular thing? Right. But that was hardly something that I was like... They're spending far too much time on this because mm-hmm. it's probably five minutes total in all five episodes or something. Yeah, Just yeah. the frequency. It was the frequency that made me <laughs> chuckle. Okay. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about that, but I can see. I can see that. Yeah. 
And, and you know, it was supposed to be six episodes. And so they even cut stuff down. They cut apparently. stuff down. And that was another criticism I from particularly like Eric Voss. I was like Voss was highly critical. And on New York Rock Stars, for those of you who don't know who I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. He who we um, who we like for we usually really like his stuff. I didn't I didn't see his coverage of this though. Yeah, and there was a lot about the pacing. They also think that it was really easy to see stuff that was missing, right? That they probably got that probably got cut out mm. to get it down to the five episodes. And and I was like, okay, I didn't notice anything like that at all. I would like to have had it longer, right? Because I would have liked to yes. have more the mythology and stuff like that but yeah so pacing the cut down and they also think it's marvel did it a disservice by releasing it all at once like they didn't have faith in it or something so that the conversation got cut short because it was okay all out I'll, there gi- all at once. I'll give it i'll give it that I'll give it that because I do think there's something about building that up and nobody has access to the next one yet. Well, except the special people, but the general public, right. I, I think I think I could see some of that criticism. And I will say one thing that did strike me a little funny, and it mm-hmm. just happened this episode, was when Fisk runs into Grandma Yes. It's like grandma's like, yeah, my granddaughter's coming from New York. And I was like, wait, when the last we saw Maya sort of left in a huff and they'd had some moments, but it didn't seem like everything was totally resolved. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the next time we see them together, I, I don't there just seemed to be a little s- resolution missing mm. before Fisk encountered and then kidnapped chula because yeah. chula was talking about maya just with such complete resolve of everything's good again yeah true but also why would you let a stranger in on all that on that family <laughs> drama right you would just say oh yeah my granddaughter you wouldn't say well my estranged granddaughter from new york is is here and i have to you know keep up with my blah 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 blah, blah. well that is very true that's that that's very true and he is the one that brought up signing because Uh she had the necklace right and she said because of her daughter and then yeah i guess sometimes when you're kind of surprised by somebody you can just start saying things that don't always that aren't always true and don't always make complete sense that's a good that's a good explanation i'll i'll take that i'll take that that maybe (laughs) even she realized yes that this Mm -hmm. was appropriate talk with a stranger Mm -hmm. even if it was not the truth right okay okay i i appreciate that that helps me actually with that i was just like what what are you talking about (laughs) Yeah, boy, he looked pained in that scene. I oh was so nervous. Gosh. I'm like, no, cake bed is with grandma. Oh, I knew it was trouble. Here, Fisk was being so friendly. Mm-hmm. And it was it was just, well, we know at the very end, he's he's got to be, he's going to be running for the mayor of yeah. New York. Yeah. So it seems like. The dude knows how to turn on, turn on the charm when mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he needs to. And I yeah. think he kind of did that with grandma. We yeah. hadn't really seen that. At least I don't recall having seen episode, that huh? in this in this season. Uh, but he can do well, yeah. it. Yeah, I think that's because he's been interacting with kind of his inner circle. Mm-hmm. Yes, we haven't seen him face forward to the public. It's right. all been insiders. Agreed. Right, right, right. Oh, good episode, though. I like the finale. I just wish it would have been longer. (laughs) I did, too. And I'll tell you, it got me in the feels a few times as well. Mm -hmm. And I didn't feel like in a cheap way. I thought Mm -hmm. in an earned way that tapped into some feelings I have. You know, I just really, I thought it was really good. And it was just suddenly over. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, no, we need more. Mm-hmm. 
more, 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 more about the Choctaw would have been would have been cool. And beautiful. I I loved how (laughs) it really was cool how these ancestors have been coming to Maya and then her mom comes to her. Yeah. And we have both a combination of memories of Maya and then the kind of intergenerational visions. And we really do see that Taloa was absolutely a healer, absolutely had that power. I felt also that we really did see that Echo has, that Maya has gotten some of these powers from these previous generations. Right. And I also, have we seen Maya have any of the visions when she wasn't in Oklahoma? Did we see her have any while she was in New York? Not that I am aware of. I wondered if part of that was the place. I know, and you'd be able to speak to this better than me. Remains are very important to, right? Yes. And so I just wondered if there was something about Maya being closer to the place from which she comes from that made it easier for the communication to occur. Now that could be, you know, because places have power. Mm -hmm. So that's a possibility. And it might just be that being home and not just surrounded by the tracksuit mafia and kingpin mm-hmm. also helped to open her up. So maybe it was the combination of the two, right? Being in a place, um, being surrounded by her family, and she's getting, you know, input that's very different than what she would get from kingpin. Right. You know, if you kind of compare what Uncle Henry's saying to her compared to what kingpin says to her, they're both saying, you know, we're family, but in very different ways. Mm-hmm. So one based on the language of violence and, you know, one based on bloodlines and, and love that way. Mm -hmm. So. And even though Taloa is this healer, Mm -hmm. she also was just as fierce and strong as any of the other ancestors, which was also very cool. Right. I don't know. She, she had a very different manifestation of her power, but she was like, fight. She yeah. was the one that yeah. told Maya to stay and fight for her family. Yep. And not just make nice peace, blah, blah, blah. No, fight for them. And so, that, I don't know. It was just very, very powerful. I was very impressed with Maya's mom. I thought that portrayal was done very well in yeah. this episode. Yeah. And convinced me and clearly convinced Maya as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I just love that scene when she walked in and and her, her ma was there. Yeah. Mama, mama's there. Powerful, powerful stuff. Yes. I did like, you know, when she was a little kid, right? She shoots that pileated woodpecker people, pileated woodpecker, not just Mm -hmm. a redheaded woodpecker. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, she shoots it and of course she didn't kill it. Fortunately, <laughs> she tries to, uh, bold face lie to her mom and her mom's just yes. like, uh, uh-uh. she's got her number, right? She knows. Is that really what happened? Mm-hmm. But, Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I mean, I'm sorry that that pileated woodpecker was, had a destiny with the yes. Grim Reaper if it yes. hadn't been for Maya's mom. I mean, she's got she's got special healing hands, that's for sure. Yes. Yes, she does. They glow. They glow. But yeah, so that I thought that was interesting. And I did look up a little bit about uh, Cherokee lore with the woodpecker, Mm -hmm. the biscuit, as she called it. Um, Yes. And I found out that the Choctaw told the woodpecker what to say, and it tapped out messages on the trees, primarily warning when enemies approached. Mm. So maybe that was in the show, because that's in my show notes and not in 
they d- it was show notes. It was in the show, yeah. and we sure saw. I it did seem like whenever the bird appeared, there was something mm-hmm. bad about to happen, mm-hmm. or the person was going to encounter something that had happened. So yes, yes, yeah. And I loved that scene between Scully and Chula. Mm. I'm like, oh man, he just really, they really care for each other. I wonder if it was just like all of like the death of her daughter, you know, her granddaughter and her son-in-law split and she's got all that rage that has built up. And I wonder if that's what drove them apart. Mm -hmm. So... Maybe they'll find their way back to one another as well. I like that's that's part of my head canon now. <laughs> I like it. They have to be back together because it was just so sweet. Yeah, I was like, oh, <laughs> I really liked it. And he kept her sewing machine because he knew she'd come back for it. Sounds like she just really kind of gave that. up her old life, and after Taloa was killed. It really does. Not only stopped sewing the piece for Taloa, but stopped sewing altogether. Yeah. Now, I wonder what the purpose of the outfit for Taloa was. I mean, was Taloa going to be a superhero or what? Because it didn't look like regalia to me for, for powwows and dance contests and stuff. No, it it didn't. And definitely a lot of adornment was changed for Maya's version. I mean, honestly, it just seemed like it could have been a regular outfit. Maybe maybe. she was just making her a dress. Yeah, that could be. That could be. Boy, when uh, Kingpin showed up, I I don't know if they were at the post office or what. I was just like, no. Followed very quickly by, I need a drink. Oh, I was so worried. As you know, I thought Bonnie's fate was sealed, but Maya was able to be true to her word. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so really, the dad was the only casualty of Kingpin. The mom was a casualty earlier on, but I don't Mm -hmm. think that was directly Kingpin. It may have been Kingpin's organization, but Mm -hmm. it seemed like more of a... Yeah, seemed like more of a local skirmish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was really glad we were we were wrong about Bonnie. I thought for oh. sure she was gonna bite the dust in this, but she so didn't. glad. Yeah. And we did have Kingpin categorically admit to killing Maya's father. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised, but we still don't know exactly why. No, so, we don't. I don't know if we'll ever find that out or or what. And we did some conjecture about that in the last episode. So no need to rehash. Rehash that. So I don't know. We'll see. It'd be nice to know. But did you notice at the powwow, right, when Biscuits was having that conversation with Zane, when they were kind of, uh, when they pulled out and you could see more of the powwow, I noticed Billy Jack also had a safety vest on. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. And all the reaction vi- uh, videos I watched, nobody mentioned anything about the Billy Jack movies. Wow. And people would say, hey, that's a cool name for a dog. That's so- a real overlook. The Podcastica Marvel cast, that mentioned it. Hmm. But you told me before they did, so you beat them to the <laughs> scoop in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess maybe it shows my age. Well, come on, new rock stars. I mean, he mm-hmm. digs up stuff that's way older than either of us. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I didn't. The The video I watched from new rock stars because Voss didn't do the the reaction video. It was Jessica Clemens. Okay. And the video I watched from New Rock Stars was something like, did Marvel, what was the title of that video? Did Marvel bury Echo? Hmm. So I don't know. I did start watching Jessica Clemens' reaction, but I turned it off because I was 
getting angry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, come on, what the heck? So I can't say anything more about what their actual reaction was. Maybe it was in the reaction thing, but I was surprised that, um, you know, the real rejects didn't bring it up. I don't know if you've ever watched any of them, but I really wanted to watch the real rejects because one of the guys they bring on to do Marvel stuff is like really steeped in the comics. And I was like, Ah. I really want to know what Koi thinks about this. And they all loved the series. I mean, everybody really liked the series and the story. Okay. The new rock star, the criticism was more about behind the scenes things, right? Like cutting okay. it down to five episodes. Uh, the Well, the pacing, right? Um, and Marvel, how they dropped it and stuff like that. So, but basically everybody really liked the story. Okay. So. Yeah. What's the name of the reactors you were just talking about who sometime bring on the comic expert? The real reject? The real, the real reject. Yeah, yes. the real reject. Does one of them have quite long hair that he often puts up in a scrunchie? Yes, that's John. <laughs> okay, okay. Then I know which ones you're talking about. Yeah, and the other so, one like has glasses. Yeah, that's Greg. So Greg and John yeah. are, kind of like started the channel. And and now because they're bigger, they're much bigger now with you know, well over a million viewers and stuff like, or subscribers and stuff like that, they're... um. They bring other people in now and Koi is one of them. And he's, I think he has his own Instagram or TikTok or something where he talks about comics. I don't know, but he's just really quite knowledgeable. In fact, I will watch a lot of the episodes where he's talking about, like, if you want to prep for, you know, this show that's coming out, you know, go check out this comic and he'll give you the number and then he'll talk Mm -hmm. about why it's that that's an important comic and all that kind of stuff. And I was like, I really want to know what Koi says about mm-hmm. this show and he liked it very cool well that's that's great to hear that the comic expert because i can understand i know that in many of the marvel things there, there's mm-hmm. a, there's liberties that are taken right. right and so somebody who is so you know you see this with star wars and you know somebody who's so purist to the lore can get very frustrated right. if things are not exactly as in the comics. Since I'm not a comic book reader, I'm not troubled by these things. Right, right. <laughs> but I can understand some of that. I, I I just can understand some of that. So it is cool to hear that a true comic book devotee <laughs> was, was, ha- was pleased with the interpretation. Yes. And it's very different from the comic in some ways because – you know, she's a member of the Blackfeet Nation there. And why I read an article about why Marvel made this change. And the reason that the executive producer, Sydney Freeland, who also did directing, I think she directed two or three of the episodes. And she said that they thought like the visuals in the hodgepodge the visuals in the hodgepodge the visuals in the comics were a hodgepodge of multiple Mm -hmm. first nation groups and they wanted shocking yeah isn't it shocking (laughs) and they wanted to make it more cohesive now she didn't explain why they chose the choctaw and just didn't stick with blackfeet but i don't know i mean it worked out and maybe somebody knew somebody in the choctaw nation and right they went that way she didn't explain that at all but but I can understand. I mean, that's why they kind of just, I guess, changed it because they wanted to make it more cohesive. And of course, then they were working with the Choctaw Nation, which is really kind of a big first. And they got a nice shout out at the very end there. It's, yes. There was a recognition of yes. that collaboration. Yes. And and lots of positive feedback from the some of the first nations i mean i can't speak for every first nation uh tribe out there or first mm-hmm. nation member but what i did read was all quite positive that's like, great yeah i guess there are some journalists and i tried to find the original comment but i couldn't so maybe it's been taken down or something and maybe this was on um the social media form- formerly known as twitter mm-hmm. uh some journalists made the comment you know they just came up with kahori in what if Mm -hmm. and so why do we need why does marvel need a second native american superhero (laughs) really yeah (laughs) 
Yeah. I mean, Why do we need more than one white superhero? Exactly. Right. Exactly. I mean, somebody, some. I can't. I yeah, can't even. Yeah. Uh, the woman, the actor that played Bonnie, voiced Kahori. Mm -hmm. And somebody brought that up to her. You know, she was on some red carpet, right? And she just stares at this journalist. She's like, really? Somebody yeah. asked that? And she just kind of went like, what? And said the same thing, basically, you know, well, because, you know, there might be the more than one interpretation of things that are going on. Jeez. It's well, and like come on. I mean, what if I the what if stuff? It's an animated series, you right. know, right. It, it's and I know that this one's the spotlight and you can look at it independent of the others, but. Kingpin and Daredevil, this is part of the larger Marvel universe, and Echo is part of that, even right. if her origin story is maybe tangential or whatever, or mm -hmm. bonus reading. Right. But come on. There this is this is a true live action in person piece. Right. As well. Right. Right. And I think that's different than an animated series. Yes, for sure. And, and like that was one episode, right? Yeah. Well, she shows up in two of the what if episodes. Oh, my apologies. <laughs> a whole two episodes of yeah. the what if animated. Yeah. Which is yeah, yeah. which is which is not it's what if. Right. You know, it's not what if they're zombies? What if they're whatever? You know, mm -hmm, I mean, mm -hmm. it's not even uh, they, uh, it's, yeah. it's weird to say it's not even real but yeah. I, maybe you know what i mean <laughs> oh i understand what you mean i was thinking when i read this i was like what rock did that freaking journalist crawl out from under and who was stupid enough to hire them yeah. <laughs> you know? it's just like yeah. really 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 and oh by the way i think i mentioned in one of the pre our previous episodes that I thought Screen Rant was wrong about the spotlight and this being the first spotlight. It is. I must have read about the spot Marvel spotlight thing or somebody must have done a video about it, but I was wrong. Okay. I thought I'd throw that out there, correct myself. Okay. Because, you know, all the peeps will be sending us all sorts of messages about that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> they, they've they come to expect a certain level of authenticity and only facts. That is correct. That is correct. <laughs> oh, so gosh. I think my two favorite parts, well, I really liked the whole episode, but I uh -huh. think my two favorite parts were the interactions between Maya and her mother right. and the final showdown. I just got chills when yeah. all four of the ancestors were behind Maya yeah. and oh, God, Maya was, was so like, cool. trust me. And then grandma and Bonnie have the powers and everybody is just kicking ass. Yeah. And then, and then Maya, and this is something I want to discuss is Kingpin is like, what did you do? Mm -hmm. And you are just kind of like, what did she do? Right. And clearly it was the healing motions. Right. So she was trying to heal him. And you did have to have a, at least a small bit of empathy for Kingpin when you're suddenly trapped in that room with him yeah. and the wall is like cracking oh that and was you can brutal. hear it was horrific right mm -hmm. and so you can see how damaging that would be to yeah. a young person's psyche and yeah. this piece of what made kingpin who he was and maya enters that place with him mm -hmm. that dark scary hidden place and it seems tries to help him get out of it the way that Maya's mom, I think, helped her get out of her dark, twisty place. Right. And it just, D'Onofrio saying, what did you do? What yeah. did you do? And he was just befuddled and bewildered. And I just wondered what 
what long-term effects will that have on Kingpin? Did it just jar him in the moment and he's just back to normal? Or will he, does he have a little more of his humanity back moving forward? Yeah, I can't remember which of the videos that I watched. They were talking about that and they were talking about how this sets up Kingpin for the MCU street level stuff in a, mm-hmm. in a cool way, right? Because he was kind of sociopathic uh, before, but now because of what Maya did, it might be that he really, really believes that whatever he does is the right thing to do mm-hmm. and will open it up for this whole new level of like brutality and corruption because he's now so convinced that what he has to do is the right thing to do Mm. and it was and before it was just you know kingpin kind of acting out his brutish ways because of all this pain he had and so forth and so that i think that might be really interesting and i hope marvel does kind of go with that but i think and i had also heard you know that they are setting kingpin up to be kind of like the big bad of the next phase. Wow. Which I think will be cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's, so now I think he's going to be righteous. Mm. So a righteous kingpin. Mm. Which, which is could be scary. even worse, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds quite scary. Because I find most people who are righteous and very convinced that they are correct and right are fucking scary as hell (laughs) can also be blind yeah yeah exactly so i think that will be quite interesting and i know they're reshooting quite a bit of daredevil Mm -hmm. so maybe you know that's what they're they're reshooting is is some of that stuff i don't know but yeah it's making me really excited for the daredevil series me too and i gotta tell you I wasn't too, I've seen some of Jessica Jones. I've seen maybe one who's, who's sweet Christmas. Um, Who's Luke Cage. Okay. Luke Cage. These are the old ones. I get confused. Somebody (laughs) else. Netflix did it right before Marvel or something like this. So, but I thought that some of that was canon. I don't don't know. It is now. All of those Netflix shows are canon. Okay. So I've seen pieces of the Netflix shows right. and was just not too into I mean I really want to like Jessica Jones <laughs> so I gave her the biggest try but I didn't get very far with Luke Cage and or Daredevil and so I just though that whole sideline I wasn't I, I will say by far Echo has been the best interaction for me with that what do they what do they call the street fighters or the street level or street level <laughs> street yeah. level mm-hmm. that has been the best interaction for me and makes me more interested in those others than I was before yeah and I guess now well there's been a lot of discussion right like well will Marvel because it's on Disney plus be able to pull in or make it Netflixy right because you know some of those scenes in the Netflix shows are pretty brutal and well, I found, and I know this was TVMA, I didn't find it that bad, but I also liked the fight scenes, which I thought were amazing. I loved every fight scene they had. And mm-hmm. um, and so I'm like, yeah, I mean, I thought it had the tone of of some of those Marvel shows on Netflix. So I'm really looking forward. I don't want to get my hopes up too much because that's usually Rest when I get disappointed, faster. right? I like to go into things with very few expectations <laughs> mm-hmm. but unfortunately but i don't know that they've got me excited for it now so yeah and i mean when vicky was dead and Ugh. like the blood was running up yeah. his face because yeah. his head was sort of upside down yeah I mean, that wasn't I, I mean certainly wasn't game of thrones level violence right, but right. it was it was more than you usually see on disney plus yeah yeah oh yeah Oh, it's going to be good. I think it's going to be good. Yeah. And you know, also kind of, I think maybe they were using Echo a little bit to also try to alleviate fans' fears about um, Deadpool, right? Like, it's not going to be as 
uh, gruesome as mm. it was when it was just a Sony picture. Mm-hmm. So perhaps this is also trying to alleviate some of that because, you know, Deadpool is supposed to be the first Marvel rated R movie. And I mean, it has to be, you can't backtrack Deadpool to PG right. or whatever, NC-17 or whatever those stupid ratings are. But yeah, I don't know. I'm not worried about it. I think Marvel still has enough uh, savvy to be mm-hmm. able to know that. What did, how did you feel about the powwow? It sure made me want to go to another one. Yeah, the fry bread made me hungry. <laughs> yes. I'm like, oh, fry bread, fry bread. Actually going to a, a premiere of a Native American documentary tomorrow afternoon. And nice. they're going to have food. And I'm like, man, I hope they have some fry bread. Oh, I hope so. Because I haven't had it in a very long time. But anyways, no, I liked the powwow a lot. I was probably watching that with a much more critical eye than than many other people were. They got the grand entrance down right. You know, the drummers, it was a real drum drumming group, which I appreciated. They had authentic regalia. I noticed like jingle ball dancers, grass dancers, fancy dancers, traditional dancers, fancy Shaw dancers. I'm sure there were probably regalia in there. I'm missing because there's lots of different kinds, but I thought that was very authentic. I'm pretty sure they probably put out a call for dancers Mm -hmm. and said, hey, bring on your regalia. We're going to be filming this powwow. And they do have those grand entrances, you know, and the beat of the drums and when your foot hits the ground that's the heartbeat of mother earth that looked all really quite authentic to me so i was quite happy with that i did like that overhead shot of the grand entrance and the drummers i've never seen the drummers in the center for a grand entrance so but when i saw the overhead shot i understood why the drummers were in the center and that's because there was a spy the spiral of the dancers was coming into the drummers from this overhead shots and I was like yes that's awesome so I liked that part of it nice yeah 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 but yeah I was like I wonder when uh I had to get on powwows.com and and see when the first powwow is around here because I haven't mm-hmm. been one in years yeah me either yeah yeah powwow.com had nothing but praise oh cool there's here's a quote from their review of echo a cultural triumph in native storytelling was the title Mm. and they talked about how it's a cultural milestone for native american peoples quote the show weaves together elements of native identity and mythology offering a refreshing departure from mainstream narratives unquote and i'm like hell yeah yeah Mm. and i guess marvel even did a dubbed version in cherokee i mean sorry in choctaw Wow. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. I think there was a lot of positive reaction from the Native community. I think people were just really surprised that they actually consulted. They actually went to uh, the Choctaw Nation, and I imagine they probably have like a council of elders or something. Mm -hmm. Got permission to use their culture in the story and then consulted with them throughout. That's... The way it should be. Yeah. I'm really glad that's how I'm I'm glad it was done so respectfully. Yeah. And that's that's really amazing. Yep. 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 And I love that shot of Maya in with the dancers. She's oh. in with her people. I thought Jay on preview doesn't start crying. <laughs> oh, well, that doesn't take much. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, they really like this. So quite a bit it was good fun. i'm like man jay's gonna cry all the time he st- almost started crying when she was talking to her mom actually i think he did cry when she was talking to her mom well and me then, too yeah that was a oh, i love that scene and i loved and you mentioned it and the fight scene right at the beginning of it and all of her four mm-hmm. primary ancestors are standing behind her mm-hmm. grandma's over there and of course i loved when grandma's hands glowed and she nut punched those two goons and yeah. uh and then when they morphed all into echo i was like that's 
freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. I loved that so much. Yeah. Favorite yeah, moment I, in the whole series. Just so, so powerful. And what a great climax to the series. It just, and just total girl power. I just, mm-hmm. that, was, mm-hmm. that was what was also mm-hmm. really, that really spoke to me, of course. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just loved it. I yeah. just really, I, I just loved this episode. I sure I wanted more, mm-hmm. but I also felt like it was an appropriate conclusion. Yeah. Yeah. So, when she was on her motorcycle at the end, I was like, girl, you better be going over Chula's house. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you're not going to Chula's house, I'm going to be really pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Good. Yes. D- definitely. Strategy, cunning, ferocity, and love. I thought those were. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, great mm-hmm. it was really funny again on previewed um i don't know if it was i think it was adam he said you know i still don't know i still not totally understanding what's going on with the ancestors and that's immediately when she's if we see the pictures and we get that ferocity cunning strategy and love and he's like oh there it is now i understand mm-hmm. i'm like yeah yeah that was really great uh, i was looking at some of the symbols on her outfit Oh, and of course, we yes. see the spiral, which I think we've talked about that symbolism already. But I also saw a diamond, which is a chair, uh, important Cherokee. So I keep seeing Cherokee tonight, Choctaw, mm. an important Choctaw symbol, meaning balance, harmony, integration, interconnectedness. Wow. And then, of course, the sun is life, warmth, vitality, and uh, guidance. And then there were a couple symbols I didn't necessarily recognize as Native American, Indigenous American, but perhaps, because one looked like the hand of Fatima. Mm. And even if it is the hand of Fatima and not it's not a traditional Native one, it still means protection and guidance. Oh. And then I thought the hand of Fatima was inside an Ouroboros. Oh my gosh. But I could be totally wrong about that. I tried to go well, back and look at it again, but I couldn't, I still couldn't see it well enough. Little Loki woven in. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But even that makes sense, right? Because it's that continuous cycle of life and death, which Mm -hmm. very much plays into this. So, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I did write that down. I was like, Loki? Mm -hmm. So I like that, that they really kind of, they did their research. They talked to people and and got the the correct, some of the correct stuff in there. So nice. Yeah. Nice. Yes. I really did love the... Uh, I don't know, unity, the come together of mm-hmm. the ancestors on the inside and her grandparents or strep grandpa mm-hmm. cladding her from the outside. Yeah. You know, it was kind of yeah. like it was just all it was living and passed on all rolled together. Yeah. Into yeah. the superhero that is Echo. Yes. And I really feel like we have. Maya really turns a corner. Maya really embraces her new direction here, right. which is very cool. Yeah, yeah. It's a redemption. It's a, both an origin and a redemption story. Yes, yes. So, hey, when uh, Uncle Henry asked Biscuits if he's got a gun, and he says, "I've got something better," did you figure out what it was before they showed it? No, I didn't either. I was like. I was like, do you have a sick Billy Jack on him? I'm like, what's he talking about? And then he had totally pimped out the truck and made it he just like really, a monster truck. He really got some stuff out of that <laughs> junkyard. Everything I love that scene. the sun touches was indeed his, and he <laughs> took advantage of it. Yep, yep. I was just like, oh, cow, that's funny. That was that was amazing. No messing up the bumper now. He'll just go <laughs> over anything he runs into. Yes. And not that he deserves much time at all, but Zane quickly dispatched. And yes, thank his you, Henry. bazooka gun just ended up being thought of as a firework mm-hmm. explosion. Mm-hmm. And Henry gets gets his man, gets his revenge, and Zane goes down. You know what Boss said about the actor playing uncle henry i was and this is when i turned it off i'm like dude what the fuck he 
thought that he's like, you know, he has all those facial expressions and so forth. And any good actor school would tell you you're overacting that and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, what the? I mean, really? facial expressions is part, a big part of ASL and its emphasis. I thought, boss. I really don't know where you're coming from in this. And again, I usually really like his what he has to say and stuff. Yeah. And I just turned it off. I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. What? Do you want everybody to be Keanu Reeves? <laughs> 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 Who I think is a wonderful human. I, I'm not sure he's the strongest actor of the bunch. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. But I was like, I thought that was one of the best things about Uncle Henry. I loved the way he communicated with his ASL. I thought he was great. Super expressive. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I was just like, I can't, I can't believe. Can't believe it. Mm -hmm. Shame on you, Voss. I think he was in the minority on that. Okay. At least from the the very few reaction videos I did watch. (laughs) (laughs) So... Do you know what's the next thing on the slate that is connected to the street level gang? <laughs> Daredevil. Aren't so they all? When, yeah. when is that? I think that comes out. When does it come out? May? Okay. So not too long. Yeah. I don't think so. Let me just sub up check. I'm assuming May. I'm not Daredevil, Tori. Deadpool. It. No. Did I say Daredevil? Wait. No, I'm not Deadpool. I, you said you said Daredevil, and it is Daredevil, right? It's not Deadpool. No, it's Daredevil. Well, or is it Deadpool? Isn't Deadpool considered part of this? I know because it's going to have Wolverine in it, and I know the X Men are part of the street level stuff, aren't they? Oh, okay, okay. So this is not this is not the part that I know the connection to. I know the connection with Jessica Jones and Daredevil, and isn't Elektra in there as well? Yeah, yeah. And Luke Cage, but I did not realize Deadpool. And I knew Deadpool and Wolverine were together. Right. I did not realize the X-Men were part. Clearly, I just don't have the big picture on this. Uh, Let's see. I'm running through a list here. I mean, Spider-Man is even considered street level. Okay. Um. I almost forgot who I'm looking at in this long list. Who am I looking for? Either There's... Deadpool or Daredevil. Oh, yeah. Well, Daredevil's definitely in it. Um, I haven't come across Deadpool. Let me do a search this way. A little longer than a few minutes later. Yeah, somebody edited it and said, you forgot Deadpool. Mm. So I think that'll be the next street level thing to come out. But it may or may not touch on Kingpin and Echo, you think? Well, let's see. I'm looking at the cast. Holy shit. Electra's going to be in Deadpool. Who's playing Electra now? Jennifer Garner. Okay. Because I was going to say, wasn't it one point at Jennifer Garner? Yeah. Looks like it still is. Well, in the top list cast, I'm not seeing Charlie Cox or anything like that. And I don't, because they're doing the reshoots. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's been announced yet when Daredevil is going to be released. Okay. Okay. So Deadpool, though, maybe the same, I don't even know what, branch may not be close enough to this particular storyline to include the characters that were in this series. Yeah, I don't know, because Daredevil Born Again isn't going to be released until next year, I guess. Okay. And I know Marvel's not releasing a, a ton this year. That's what I was thinking. I mean, I think Deadpool is the might be the only movie they're releasing this year. Okay. As they, you know, re-kind of configure stuff based on all the things that have been happening. Mm-hmm. Including, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everything that went down with Jonathan Majors. The and... big kibosh on Kang. <laughs> yes. I mean, I think we're going to see Kang again. Uh-huh. I think they're going to recast it. Okay. I just don't think he's going to have the prominence that it was going to have. Right. But right. I could be totally wrong about that, and I probably am. <laughs> mm, we'll see. We shall see. We shall see. So, yeah, I just wish that would have been a longer episode. 
Yes, it went by really fast. But from mm-hmm. beginning when they had the singing, you know, you were talking a little bit last time about how the singing was a little more hymn-like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I felt really taken to, I'm going to say, more authentic singing in this episode, yeah. starting from the very beginning. Yes, yes. I really appreciated that. Chris, I love powwows. I there's something about mm-hmm. the drumming. Yeah, that, and the singing. I, I really like it. Yeah, it really does kind of put me in a in a bit of a trance state <laughs> mm-hmm. when I hear it's it. It's very moving. Yeah, and I can just sit there and like watch the drummers and watch the dancers. All of it together kind of puts me in into a bit of a trance. So oh, when I was watching the real rejects. A thought popped into my mind as they were talking. That whole fight between Echo and Daredevil. Yes. Do you think that was orchestrated by Kingpin? That that really was like her last test? Gosh, that's a good question. It's interesting because Daredevil says something like three days of surveillance and you screwed it all up. Right. So I don't know. You you think maybe Kingpin knew he was surveilling and uh-huh. thought and and saw it all? Uh huh. Well, or like it's created the situation, right? Mm-hmm. That he knew it would draw Daredevil in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hadn't thought of it, but yeah. I'm picking up on the logic you're throwing down. Yeah, I'm going to keep thinking about that. Well, Kingpin is so manipulative, yes. so very maestro-esque about contriving things which i felt so much about the scenes with maya when she would when he was like letting her kill him but was he 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 was still in control of the situation even though it seemed like he was giving up that power so that would fit right in line with his manipulative maestro ways if he totally orchestrated it yeah yeah. and maybe orchestrated the whole ronin killing her dad you know just sort of like all of this sort of layers upon layers of deception and manipulation yeah yeah anyhow um something you said in our last episode struck a chord with me and i was like i gotta look some stuff up about that and Mm -hmm. you were saying you had talked to a friend and they said you know, women didn't play stickball traditionally. Right, right. I, for some reason, that didn't really sit well with me. And I did read some stuff that, I mean, most of the accounts we have to keep in mind are coming, the written accounts about the history of stickball are coming from Europeans, right? French traders okay. and so okay. forth. And they do mention that women were on the sidelines quite a bit, you know, I don't want to call them cheerleaders, but, you know, cheering their men on and um providing drinks and stuff like that but i'm also wondering in these early accounts would they've even necessarily recognized a woman out playing with all the men mm-hmm. now sometimes mm-hmm. they didn't play with much clothes so that might have made it a little bit easier so i did i didn't i couldn't find anything or any source that i kind of trusted enough to really give me an answer one way or another like very definitively um, I found a really cool dissertation about mm. stickball and the origins of it. And uh, of course, that wasn't what it was just about. It was, uh, I didn't write down the title of the dissertation. Oh, wait a minute. I do have it. Examining the viability of Native American stickball as a comprehensive indigenous peace system. Wow. And I was just skimming parts of it. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. But, um, you know, there's multiple origin stories. Big surprise. One, many say it was the Haudenosaunee Confederacy or the Iroquois Confederacy is what uh, white people called it, mm-hmm. the white traders and so forth. And they claim that it could be as possible or as early as 1142 as to when mm-hmm. that game started, which would coincide, interestingly enough, with the apex of the Mississippian culture, which is what we see with the Choctaw, right? That That's oh. when we look at the, the, the place with the mounds, right? Right. That's Mississippian culture. So we could be, the, the stickball could have originated as a way to, for hunters and gatherers and emerging agriculturalists to compete for territory without, mm. you know, war. 
Mm-hmm. And so that was their comprehensive peace system. Of course, in the South, like the Choctaw claim, they invented it. Uh, but bo- everybody says it was a gift from the creator, which I thought was interesting. But I still couldn't find anything that would really confirm for me that women did not play it. Mm-hmm. I know they're recorded as playing it as early as the early 1800s, but that's hundreds of years after they'd already been playing it. So anyways, that was the, as deep as I could get in it at that moment. But by the early 1800s, Choctaw women were playing the game. Okay, well, I could ask my friend, what are his sources? Where's he getting his intel? Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, where's the elder when I need one? My guess is it's probably some pretty Western steeped sources. (laughs) (laughs) But I could be wrong on that. Yeah, and I was really kind of, and again, I didn't have all time in the world. And I didn't go super deep, although I think finding a dissertation about stick ball is getting your toe a little bit deep. But uh, I would say so. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to really like delve into Choctaw mythology or the Haudenosaunee, um, which I'm, I don't think I'm saying correctly. Um, I didn't get to look into their mythology to see if there's any stories about it or anything like that. So I would say men dominated. Absolutely. I don't have a qualm about that but to say that women didn't play at all i don't think so right to say that there couldn't have been a young phenom like right Lotok or whatever her name was yeah who just was in there and they were like yep she's a badass let yeah. her play yeah. <laughs> yeah for sure anyways that's it cool i had to bring that in i'm glad you did i'm glad you did because again i was just he's very well versed in mm-hmm. American mm-hmm. lacrosse. Right. But how much does he know about its origins? Oh, yeah. Know. Like most of the lacrosse sites I came across. <laughs> Sorry. That never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, they all pretty much had the same story. And I'm like, come mm-hmm. on. And they'll all give a nod to like, oh, yeah, this Native American sport of stickball is the origins of modern lacrosse but let's just talk about modern lacrosse Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so and part of it was this quote i liked from the dissertation about stickball and why we should really kind of question these colonial accounts so Mm -hmm. quote universally misunderstood and maligned by the french jesuits and colonists that first witnessed the institution stickball was commonly depicted as a blood sport perpetuated by half-naked heathen savages. Luckily for them, the game was and is a form of Native American peace system. Otherwise, these initial European observers might not have lived to record anything, unquote. You know, that's amazing because think if you call this competition violent and blood sport, Mm -hmm. compare it to literal violence and killing you know mm-hmm. <laughs> the fighting. actual the actual warring over land right versus some pretty heated and perhaps violent you know right. perhaps there's some right. people who get hurt right but a little different than raping women and you know right. <laughs> the whole right. pillaging villages and right. all of this right yeah so let there be some blood this is this is a these stakes are high right yeah but yeah but having it in a more controlled representational manner mm-hmm. boy seems like much more civilized yeah. Than- yeah and we know like in ancient mesoamerica they were also doing that it, i imagine predates stickball but um and they didn't use a stick. They were using like a big rubber ball. And mm-hmm. um, I mean, that was just really an ancient tradition, at least in the in North America and Central America. I don't know about in South America, but, you know, warfare was very different. Sometimes it was more about not killing. Right. So taking people like the Maya would take people captive and then put them to work in their fields, but they could work their way out and eventually go home. And mm-hmm. for, you know, many of the First Nation peoples, uh counting coup was more important than killing somebody or or something like that and that's like could you get close enough to Mm. whack somebody with your stick without getting hit yourself and it was much more brave than just going in and killing somebody outright Mm -hmm. 
So mm -hmm. very different. And that's why it was in some ways easier for, for the colonizers, different ideas about what warfare should be. Right. So, anyway. Eradication. Yeah. Yeah. That wasn't normally, I think, the goal for most mm -hmm. First Nation peoples. It changed over time, of course, but mm -hmm. all right. Mm -hmm. Got a little off track there. <laughs> well, we tangent. Great, but <laughs> great, great series. Yep. Great food for thought. Yep. And I learned a lot. Yeah. I learned a lot in I these really enjoyed quick it. five five episodes so fantastic I enjoyed, I enjoyed it so all right well and i guess uh the only thing left to say is bye thanks for listening everybody wallowing in the shallows is created and produced by the both of us edited by mo the soundtrack for the wallowing in the shallows echo review is apache rock instrumental by Sound Atelier, available on gemendo.com. You can send us feedback at witstvpod at gmail.com. That's W-I-T-S-T-V-P-O-D at gmail.com. Subscribe. And then subscribe. And then subscribe. Subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. Like and subscribe. <laughs>